Hey, this is Jakub and welcome to another episode of Real Talks with Jacob. And today I interviewed my friend Sardor Ahmedov. Sardor is originally from Uzbekistan and he moved to New York to fulfill his American dream. He is a co-founder in Voice Story, an amazing app we are developing together. And he's also a managing partner in Jafton, a software consultancy based in New York. And we had amazing conversations, full of jokes, very relaxed. And we were talking about voice, about uh, upcoming trends and about Sardor's journey of becoming an entrepreneur in New York. It was inspiring talk and if you're a fan of great stories about entrepreneurship, this podcast episode is for you. And if you're here for the first time, please don't forget to leave a review or at least subscribe. It would mean a world to me. But now, without further ado, let's jump into the episode. Sardor, it's exciting to be here with you today. Hey, Jacob. Thanks for having me. Dude, we met on Instagram and it's more than a year now, isn't it? Has it? Oh, it's almost been a year, I think. Yeah, almost been a year. I think it was around uh, July or something last year. Yeah, I think so. It it was actually very interesting uh, because it was like 7 a.m. in the morning. I read your message because your message was about Voice Story, the app we are building now together. And you were so enthusiastic in that message. It was amazing. And I was my enthusiasm and motivation was sort of dying a little bit for this project. But when I read it, I was like, fuck, this dude, he he has something. So at 7 a.m., I pick up the phone and we we were we we're talking for like 60 minutes or we we're talking yeah, for a long time. Yeah, we? yeah, I got your number. I called you on WhatsApp and I was just like, da 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 da. The whole hour for about the about the voice. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was fun. And I mean, I usually record podcasts with people I don't know, uh, and this podcast is actually with a person I know with you uh, for for a year. So the the conversation, the dynamic, I think will be a little bit different. Uh, from what are my listeners used to, uh, but I want to start from the beginning. I always want to start from where do you come from? And um, because you now live in New York, but you don't look like a New Yorker. So tell me about your tell me about your background. How did you get into the U.S.? Right. Yeah. So New Yorker is a very broad term. It's it's hard to say you don't look like New Yorker, but <laughs> yes, yeah, I'm trying to look like a New Yorker now and. It's actually been six years now since I've been in the U.S. I came here for high school six years ago in the 11th grade, I think. And since then, I, I lived in Massachusetts for two years for high school. I lived in L.A. for college uh, for six months and then back in New York for a year. Then I kind of went back to Uzbekistan, which is where I come from originally for almost eight months in 2017. Mm-hmm. which I, where I almost stayed. I started a few businesses there. And uh, yeah, so I was kind of back and forth until 2018 when I just came and I said, no more coming back until I am coming back as a new person, which is, you know, I need to achieve success here in the US and not be distracted by, by other opportunities outside of country, which is, you know, most tempting was Uzbekistan. And I've been, yeah, I've been, I've been staying here for two consecutive years now right. for the first time, haven't left the U.S. Uh, since 2018 and um, yeah, building my career here. Is it very common for people from Uzbekistan to go to the U.S.? 
now yes like in the past 10 years i would say a lot of people are coming with different green card opportunities work opportunities and etc people you know love the us it's very tempting obviously but uh yeah the uzbek community here is very huge i have a lot of friends from uzbekistan and yeah, I actually noticed uh, because, of course, I, I follow you on Instagram and you are still posting these stories with all these parties and food and everything. And I'm like, this is interesting that there is such a huge community, huge pulsing community in New York uh, of people from Uzbekistan. That's actually quite, quite cool. So uh, tell me about what was the biggest like difference compared to uh, Uzbekistan and US? Like what was the, the thing? Uh, that strike you mo uh, that uh, stri strike you the most, right? Yeah. So I was 16 when I came, and it was for for high school. And like high school overall is is challenging by itself, even when you're in your own country. But coming to the country where it's completely new, when you don't know people and you don't know culture, and it was pretty challenging to to kind of fit in. For a few months, I wanted to just go back home. And I wasn't, by the way, I wasn't enthusiastic about coming to the US. I really didn't want to come to the US. How I came, it was like, like it, it was a coincidence. I was going to study in England. I got a, I got a scholarship to, to study in their college. They call it college, which is really a high school. And then I actually got this opportunity to go to this high school with this, another scholarship, which was bigger. And the school was just much more elite school. Uh, private school there and I was like my parents were like well this is a bigger opportunity why don't you take this and it was literally before like two weeks before I was supposed to leave for England I kind of coincidentally got this opportunity which I haven't even applied for uh, really hoping that I would get it but I got it anyways and I'm just grateful I'm here but regarding the challenge it was it was hard it was hard to find friends first it was hard to fit in but then I did, after three months of resilience, I would say that I decided, hey, there's no coming back. I got to do what I got to do. I found friends. I, you know, kind of became more comfortable with, with the culture. And I'm now looking back and I'm a complete, completely different person right now because all these challenges have shaped me. And throughout, after high school as well, I went to college here in New York and it was more challenging now to find more friends because yes. in New York, I don't know anybody. I went to Massachusetts for high school, but you know, I only had one friend who came from Massachusetts to New York as well with me, mm -hmm. but that was it, you know, and uh, looking now, I, I'm actually, I would say I'm pretty connected in the city. I have friends in almost every industry of the business. Uh, and there's, you know, I actually feel more comfortable now in the United States than back in Uzbekistan, which is, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of proud of myself for that. Yeah. that that's interesting. You, you, you got into the US by accident almost uh, <laughs> with no friends. Uh, you started high school and then you started a couple of businesses. So tell me about these businesses you've started first here in the US. Right. Yeah. So in the US, how it got started is first, I was in college and um, I, I had a, I had a brother-in-law who was doing this business and uh, he, he had this logistics company. So I was like, you know, very curious about the business that he does because he was the only business person that I knew in the city when I came to New York. So I was by nature curious uh, as an entrepreneur to, to learn more about it. So I started like working with him, uh, kind of established this online e-commerce store where I was selling some stuff to Uzbekistan, you know, where I was, where I had some connections uh, and that's how it got started. But then, I got, you know, uh, I'm obviously more interested in the information technology, you know, and, and, you know, doing logistics business is not, I'd say <laughs> my passion. 
And uh, in 2017, I met, uh, it was a historical year. In March, actually, I met, uh, I got introduced also by accident um, to the person who's now uh, my mentor and my partner. Uh, his name is Bobby Ricotano, and um, he's, uh, you know, I've been working with him since then. And he has this huge uh, experience in the IT industry, he has a consultancy business, he has multiple uh, tech businesses that he started, and I've been working with him since then. So that's how I got into the business that I'm in right now, which is uh, mm -hmm. consultancy. And we also have this new product that has launched this year, which is a video conferencing platform called Mist.com. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get into this fun stuff in a second. Uh, but you mentioned multiple times that you got uh, introduced, you got into, uh, into the high school by accident. But, but I don't really think that it was an accident. You were just in the right time and the right place. But something led you there. And usually when people say you are so lucky, the behind, what, what was happening behind, like all the hard work, all the, all the hours you put in while others were partying, that's what actually created these opportunities. Wouldn't you agree? Completely agree. Completely agree. There's, there's this definition, you know, that people think how much of it, you know, to, to what you've done, what you've got is, is success, uh, is, is luck and how much of it is hard work. Well, there's this really popular saying, which I love is, I, I don't remember who said it, but it says, Hard work puts you where luck, good luck finds you. So hmm. obviously a lot of things that happen to us are due to luck. And I, I really have been fascinated by how many times I've been in the right place in the right time. I got a lot of opportunities like that. But I now realize that I wouldn't have been there at that right time at the right place if I hadn't been hustling before and you know putting myself out there these opportunities wouldn't come my way. You can't become lucky like by just sitting on the couch and, and just waiting for the opportunity. Yeah, it, yeah. You know, can't. exactly. And that, that pisses me off. Like I, I visit, visited my doctor and I'm really taking care of my health and sport, uh, do, having all the right nutrition, uh, exercising and so on. And she saw my results and she said, you're so lucky that your diabetes is so well. And I was, <laughs> I was furious because shit, this is no luck. And I think it's similar like for, uh, for business as well. <laughs> of course, no, totally, man. With the health, with the business, it's, it's, it's life. This is how life works. You can't just yeah. be lucky without action. Action is where, where, where you know, get, get from. So fast forward to when you met Bobir and he introduced you to world of IT consultancy. Tell me about that. And you're still working there, right? Right. Yeah. So I, I came to Bobir actually, you know, I knew him as an investor. I watched his interview like a month before I met him and I was so inspired. I was like, wow, this dude has so much experience. I haven't seen any other Uzbek guy from my country that has achieved so much success in that particular industry, like which is IT, which is what I'm passionate about. I was like furious to meet him. And then I, I, by accident, again, got introduced to him. And then I met him at another event, also by accident, which was, you know, this <laughs> compilation of events again. But uh, then, you know, I, I actually pitched him my idea. I was working on that e-commerce project. And uh, I pitched him as a, you know, he was an investor. And we almost got to working together on that. But then, um, you know, uh, it, it changed the direction. I actually went back home for summer because I was still in college. Then I got kind of stuck there for like almost half a year starting another business which was the sport nutrition um distribution which i still operate but i'm uh, i'm exiting that right now because it's not in that industry that i want to focus on but then i came back again 2018 uh i was back in college 
But in parallel, I was working with Babir on another company, which was Block Crunch. And this was amazing. This was the time, if you remember, the blockchain hype. Yeah, so 2017-18? Yeah. yeah, late 2017, late uh, in uh, early 2018. So I joined yeah. like late 2017, early 2018. Uh, and we've just, I've witnessed that. I was, I was one of the key people there. And I witnessed how the company grew from zero. In five months, we grew into $10 million valuation. And... <laughs> It's crazy. I literally witnessed how we got acquired. I was participating in that deal, actually, and we got acquired for $10 million, uh, you know, for a certain stake by the public company. And <laughs> it was it was just a huge I, ride. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if the if the company who bought you is is happy with the deal right now, because there were so many acquisitions made during uh, this era right. and all the so many so, so much money was poured into the cryptocurrency space. Uh, into all these different ICOs and projects, which most of them actually <laughs> don't think yeah, Most of them were, were just the bogus. They didn't work out. But what uh -huh. was different about us, why we were one of the most valuable companies in the US or in this industry is because we didn't do ICOs or anything. We were the consultancy. So we were the people who were finding investors for ICOs and kind right. of bridging that and, and really providing all the services of blockchain industry. We were a service company. And we were legit, you know, they acquired us for the team and for, for, the, for the knowledge and expertise that we got in the industry. Um, yeah, there's a, we can do a whole new episode about this, but this, it's a long story. <laughs> it was quite a ride. I got so much experience there. We created amazing products. You know, some of them didn't work out, but it was a great experience there. So you build this thing. That was the first thing you started working with Bobir uh, on, right? Yes. That was the first project that we worked together on. And then um, 2018, he actually got invited to uh, Uzbekistan as a government official to, to raise uh, Uzbekistan's um, digital economy. 2019, he came back. We started working together again. And I've been working with him since. We've been doing this consultancy business where we provide services like IT consultancy, app development, web development uh, called jafton.com. Been participating in that and now I'm at mist.com as a partner as well. And we're, you know, getting into this remote work, huge space of remote work, which is, yes. as we witness, it has grown like exponentially this year. Je Jafton.com is, is an IT consultancy, right? And uh, for, for development of apps and websites and so on. And mist.com, by the way, great domain. <laughs> it's, yeah. a, it's a video conferencing tool. What, is, what makes you different from Zoom? So yeah, great question there. Uh, this the space is very saturated, and uh, you know there's a lot of players, obviously. But Mist.com, what's different is that we're creating this uh, white label white label structure and more of an enterprise focus than just the consumer focus because consumer part is a bit saturated. We do have some unique ideas as well for features for consumers, but we're focused on uh, since we come from the custom development background at Jafton, we can we focus on literally building whatever IT solution you want of any complexity. So with the with this product now we're now, now that we're doing we're actually taking the same approach of integrating miss.com into different applications. So like for example if you want to build an app around video conferencing, we have a few different projects. For example, one of them is social media project that is like similar to TikTok, but now they added the video component. So they they wouldn't want to build it from scratch, right? And we power their third as a third party, we give them an API and we power their technology in that app. And we've been going quite well with this because demand is huge right now. We're working in medical companies. We're working with government. 
became the we became I literally was uh, the one who made this deal happen, um, which I'm proud of as well. So this year's <laughs> accomplishment, we became the official vendor of the state of New Mexico. We're going to be providing this.com as the official service to the elderly community of New Mexico, which is wow. <laughs> that sounds exciting. I mean, I always love to hear stories when not stories in particular, but I like strategies when companies and products are built on uh, partnerships, when you're literally tapping into, into already existing audiences of users and you're building on top of that, which is literally a win-win situation for everybody. And you're taking the same, same approach with Mist, right? Yeah, definitely. And this is what we decided on. And, uh, you know, it's not a secret that we work together with you as well on, on uh, Waste Story. And now we started this new venture called Microcast, right? Which is uh, at the test stage, we're releasing the MVP, right? And we're, we, 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 are, we are thinking in the same way, man, like that we have to partner up with the existing companies, like podcast hosting companies. We're in the podcast industry. And Microcast is, by the way, is this new product that's going to be released on Alexa, right? We can disclose this now, I guess. We, we can, and we, I, I, I can definitely see that you want to get into this juicy part, and I want to get there too. So let's yeah. talk about voice. Let's talk about it, yeah. <laughs> so uh, to, to take a step back a little bit, you reach out to me because we are developing a voice story, and we are still developing a voice story, which is an app for uh, podcasters to create short-form social media video content to help them promote their podcast. But it wasn't always like that. It was originally an idea for uh, for influencers or, or for content creators to create content using only voice. And with you, we actually came up with the idea to to transition, to pivot into only podcasting space. And that's what we are building, uh, building now. So I don't want to take all the spotlight from you. So tell me a little bit about what exactly is your role in our team. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah give, give a little background. That was a great intro, by the way. And uh, give a little background. I, I've been having this idea about voice. That voice is hot. I always want to get into this space. It's rising. It's, it's the next you know, big, big thing, obviously, right? And uh, maybe not so obvious for everybody, but you know, for us. So when I saw your startup, I was like, wow, these guys are really focused on voice as well. And this is a great idea, but there's another idea that, you know, we perhaps that we could take. And you've been kind of thinking about the same thing. When I approached you, I told you, hey, why don't we focus on podcasters and, and let them create these snippets, which is already happening. But there's other products that are not doing it so well and so conveniently. So we decided to create a mobile app. For, for podcasters to create short form content and then retain that content on the platform so that listeners can also discover new episodes and new shows or just listen to the to the feed, right? Which was, I think, you know, it, it's, 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 it makes total sense for the market. We've got some quite interesting feedback from podcasters. And then in the process recently, we came up like two or three weeks ago, right? With this new idea of Microcast, which is another platform for short form content but it's only focused on listening to the short form content. We're going to be, there's this whole movement of, of podcasting, which you're aware of, and people in podcasting industry are probably noticing that there's this huge trend with short form content. And you can see that in video space as well. Why is TikTok, one of the reasons why TikTok is so popular right now is that because it's short, people just scroll through TikTok and they're able to consume a ton of content in like 10 minutes, they can consume a lot of content. And people love it. There's there's even this new platform called Qubi, which is Quick Bytes, 
and they they literally create hollywood level tv shows and movies all under 10 minutes <laughs> and it, they raised ton of money they're already a unicorn i think and they just launched this year so there's definitely a proof of concept for short form and we decided to create this this application this voice voice based application where you can listen to all different types of content depending on you know, what category you want to listen to you just tell hey alexa uh, give me microcast on business and it gives you this list of shows that are under 10 minutes that are consumable that you never heard of probably before but since it's a few minutes you can listen and discover new shows and, and that's the best I part that's 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 what i really like about about microcast so um to give you to, to give our listeners a little bit of background we always had a problem coming up um actually developing the, the product from a technical standpoint. We had everything. We had visuals, we had graphic, we had ideas, we had, we had even like uh, first, uh, first users list, but we just sucked at development. So we were thinking, okay, how we can create uh, MVP, minimum viable product, uh, as fast as possible of microcast. And our other uh, co-founder, Zdeniak, he's amazing when it comes to uh, building no-code apps. So, for example, messenger bots. Uh, and now he actually used VoiceFlow, which is an amazing tool that allows you to build voice uh, skills for, uh, for smart speakers. I don't want to say the name because it would get turned on. <laughs> and um, we were able to create an MVP in less, I believe, like 14 days. Yeah, it was it was very quick. I think almost a week. Yeah, yeah. And what I what was the most surprising thing about once we developed it for uh, for a smart speaker, it it's actually not only that you will listen to short form content, but that you will just choose a topic and it will automatically give it will automatically give you the best content uh, based on the topic of the podcast. You don't actually know. So you will find an amazing value and also you will find a new show you like. And it was like the biggest aha moment when I was using our MVP for the first time. And I was like, oh my God, this can be actually pretty huge because it's serving the purpose of for listeners, for podcasters. And yeah, for that's pretty much it. And it's enough. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the biggest point. You know, there, there are two sides. There's listeners and there's producers and it's solving mm -hmm. both sides. And yeah, you guys can tell we're very, very excited about this. We're going to be launching the, the uh, I guess, the second or third MVP now that we're testing. And uh, it, it's coming out. Very, very big thing. But yeah, yeah I think that we, we could, we could like, <laughs> we, we could have separate podcasts about how we were building it, uh, about oh, different yeah. versions of MVP. But guys, go to microcast.fm, microcast.fm to sign up or try our MVP, would love to hear your feedback. And if you're a podcaster, go to voicestory.app and sign up as well, because we'll send yep. you an email once it's live. Yep. <laughs> and don't ask us how to get their email or other <laughs> which is a, another different, very interesting study case as well. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, or you guys can also say, Alexa, enable microcast. Okay, enough ads. Let's uh, get back to the show, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so I, I just get some sometimes sidetracked because I I'm so excited and yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, why are you so enthusiastic about voice? Man, voices, I, I, I don't know. I've been just intuitively always been since teenagers. I remember like first thoughts of voice-based voice applications I had like when I was 
probably 13 or 14, which is crazy. Like at that time, even right now, when you tell people about Void, they're like, mm, yeah, probably kind of thing, right? It's almost like this mm -hmm. VR concept where they say, yeah, it's somewhere there. It's not here yet, but it's coming really fast. Right now, it's it's just like, because you think about the convenience of how, how you can, how you get things done. You, you For you to, to accomplish a task, for example, if you want to set an alarm, it takes you unlocking your phone, going searching for that clock app on your iPhone, typing in which time you want to do it, which will take like five or six steps and probably a minute or two to do that. Versus saying, hey Siri, set an alarm for six o'clock and you're done. And you can be in your bed without touching your phone, right? And it's this convenience, like consumers always just, just go after convenience. And whatever products create convenience, more convenience are gonna be attractive, which is what smartphones were in 2010. We're this this is being said by a lot of experts in the in the voice story uh, voice space as well, and I completely agree with this. That right now in 2020 we're at the same stage that the mobile app development industry was in 2010. So think about how hot it is. How many unicorns are about to come up in this industry? People were just like, oh, what is this app thing? What is this iPhone? Now you see like so many unicorns, so many huge corporations emerge just on top of this platform of mobile smartphones which has just emerged in these 10 years same i mean thing. yeah facebook is a mobile app exactly facebook it came from a website but if you think about it duolingo there's instagram there's, uh, instagram is just a mobile app man this yeah. and it's a huge multi-billion dollar it's valued at like almost 100 billion dollars which is crazy and people wouldn't think about it this way into 2010 10, only 10 years ago how much has life changed same well some of them did and these people are now valued yeah, exactly billions. <laughs> the minority that small minority that believed in the mobile app development industry in 2010 are now rich and and you know they're it's not just rich they just changed the world as cheesy as it sounds right so and i mean it it's it's similar everywhere like uh, in the hindsight in the hindsight bitcoin was a good investment but did you see it in 2012 Exactly. Only, only people who were prepared and who understood technology or who had the balls to invest, they did. Uh, yeah. And right now, it's similar with voice. I mean, there is, of course, some proof of concept that voice will be the next big thing. As you mentioned, a lot of experts are talking about it. But I think still not so many people will go there. Uh, no, I'll tell you what. Yeah, I'm, I'm in, the, in, the, in the development industry and we... You know, I get tons of requests every day. Hey, I need to develop a mobile app. I need to develop a mobile app. Everybody is realizing it now, right? There's some late players and everything, but people are, it's still hot, man. We get like, most of our leads are coming for app development. But what mm -hmm. people don't realize is, you know, some of their ideas are so simple and they make perfect sense for the world of voice. And I tell them, why don't we just also launch a, a voice-based application for Alexa or for, for Google Home? And they're like, what is it? Why would I want to do it? Mm -hmm. There was this one client that I actually convinced. Uh, he had this voice-based application on iPhone, which is perfect. It's it's a better fit for Alexa than for, for a mobile app, right? But he still wanted to do it on a mobile app. And he's still more excited ab about the mobile app side than about the voice story so, side, which is amazing to me. People are not really Because he knows it. Uh, because it's it's more relatable for him to exactly. uh, to imagine it on, using it on, on his phone instead of like imagining how the user interface interface looks on smart speaker. It's 
it's yeah, exactly. it's hard to grasp if if you've never right. studied it and if you hear it for the first time from Sardor on a on a Zoom call or missed exactly, call. Exactly. <laughs> and, and yeah, I hope I convince at least one person to just take action and create an election yeah. still right now because like it's it's the convenience. If you think about it, even statistically right now, there's hundred million, one hundred million households that are using Alexa's Alexa uh, device on their daily basis in their home uh, around the world, which is a huge number. And another statistic that's striking is that this technology is rising at the level and and this uh, the pace that all the other previous technologies were rising higher than that. So computers in 90s right huge rise everybody owned the computer by 2000 yeah. but nobody saw it in 90s smartphones rising very fast but voice technology apparently is rising even faster which is amazing like i thought it was just the pcs but it's even faster than mobile phones now think about if you want to be an influence in this industry or not and if you do get in into this industry right now it's not saturated it's completely you know there's no competition in there and we're probably going to play this episode like in 10 years be like, told you so. So, <laughs> yeah, man, this yeah. is huge. I mean, so most of the people won't act on it and it's okay, but some of them maybe will. So, Sardor, I want to tap into the last topic, uh, which is very, which I'm very passionate about, uh, which is like personal development, resilience, doing uncomfortable stuff. Because you've been introduced into this world quite recently, like setting up habits and uh, and doing doing the things to actually help you succeed in a in the long run uh, through the program called Managing Happiness. So, can you tell me about uh, what led you to join the program? What is it about, and uh, why? Uh, how how, yeah. how it changed you? Right. Yeah, man. This is this is a big chapter in my life as well. 2020 is when I discovered this world of habits. I always knew this was essential and the personal development. I've been always obsessed with that, but I haven't really found this this you know big big uh, strategy or or big thing that would change me so much. And I have to give you a lot of credit for that, Jacob. Thank you so much for introducing me to first managing happiness and then 75 hard. It's both of these things were just huge for me as, as cheesy as it sounds very life-changing and I actually started as an accident starting started reading the the book called the atomic habits by James clear which I yes. finished two weeks ago and like in a few days I I I've been hearing about managing happiness from you when you took it which is this great course by David Hensel um, I really recommend this as well uh, I'm finishing it this week I think the eighth week wow has passed so quickly and what it does is you know you 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 take this approach of uh, determining your values determining your your uh, 90 day goal one year goal and 10 year picture in your life oh sorry three year picture and then uh, you determine your values and habits most importantly habits when you take control of your habits you take control of your life as you know as commonly as it is it's so true and there's these tactics that you can implement from from the book as well that will change uh, your, your routines. And you know how you do one thing, as David says, is how you do everything, right? So that was one big thing. Another thing is you know, when I got introduced into 75 hard, I've heard about it. And what's interesting is that, uh, Jacob, you mentioned the 75 hard in one of your posts a few, few months back. And when I looked at it, I was like, shoot, this is too hard. I will not be able to accomplish this. You know, I'm not even gonna try it, I said to myself. And when I saw it the second time, I was in the middle of my managing happiness course. I said, fuck it, I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> and I got it. <laughs> and I 
And that moment was so big for me because Jacob, I, I realized how more, how, how much more ambitious I became, how much more confident I became uh, in myself by taking control of my habits, taking control of my day to day. I, I was a night person. I thought I was a night person, but now I'm a morning person. You know, I'm waking up at 6.30 every day. <laughs> and, and, and it's crazy. <laughs> like I, this, I, took decision yeah. and now you're waking up earlier. Yeah. So you, you're in a day 14 of 75 Heart, right? Day 14, yeah, that day 15 now. So I'll finish Ah, day 15. Day. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, so it's, it's crazy. Yeah. So for people who don't know 75 Heart, uh, it's a program. It's not a challenge. Uh, by Andy Frisella and a lot of things a lot, a lot of people think that it's a fitness challenge that it will transform your body but what it is in fact is a mental toughness challenge it's about that you will learn how to do the uncomfortable stuff even though uh, the conditions are not always perfect and there are five key things you need to do every day so Sardor, can you tell me about these five five right, things yeah. so, so first is here my water bottle it's my third bottle for today already you have to drink a gallon of water. Second, you have to keep the diet that you choose strictly. No cheat meals, no cheat days ever for 75 consecutive days. No alcohol? No alcohol either, yes. And third thing is you have to uh, work out twice a day. And one of them has to be outdoors. Fifth, oh, sorry. Fourth, did I mention water? Uh, no diet, uh, workout. Uh, what was <laughs> I, I you know need to, I, you need to read 10 pages of, <laughs> yes. uh, of non-fiction book here, yeah if you think i i don't hear this i i do uh read 10 <laughs> pages just i don't know for some weird reason i forget it the fourth one and the fifth you have to take the progress picture every single day yeah and, and you, you don't have to post it anywhere like it's for you only that. yeah exactly yeah we're only posting it in our group news yeah <laughs> so so uh what is the what would you say is the number one thing you've saw uh, you've seen so far uh, since you took uh, took this uh, seventy five hard program? What changed? Yeah, the, there's this uh, concept by Mel Robbins which I love when she says you have to uh, do things when even when you don't feel like it, right? Don't feel like it, do it anyway. So this I've been wanting to to get into this mood for a while, but this since it's a challenge and since there's a group thing, the pressure and everything. I've learned how to do things that are not comfortable at the moment. Even when I don't feel like it at all, don't feel like waking up, I'll, I'll wake up. Don't feel like reading, I'll read it. Don't feel like drinking water, I'll drink it. Work out and so on. And this is, this is the, the biggest, biggest thing. And by the way, let me tell you a story, for example. This last weekend, this last weekend, it was funny. I was having friends over, you know, and uh, I had my first workout by then already and I had my second workout left. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'm gonna have to, you know, you know, sit with them a little bit. There was alcohol, obviously. I didn't drink it. We were having, we were having this very nice meal. We had like five or six friends and 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 neighbors join us and everything. And I realized, hey, okay, I've been hanging out here for for uh, for an hour now. I have to go finish my second workout to finish my day. And I actually left the party after an hour in, you know, and sitting without alcohol. I was like, probably the you know, me and my brother who was there as well is who is also completing 75 hard work. Not drinking. <laughs> Two weirdos. <laughs> Two weirdos, exactly. Good thing he has completed his workout by then. The second one, so I was the only one who had to leave. And when I left, actually, you know, my friends came over to me. I was like, "What are you doing, dude? You're missing out. Like, come, come join us. Come join us back. We're we're having a party." I'm like, no, I have to finish my workout. And. They, they're like, dude, this isn't, and what they told me is that, I, I love my friends, by the way. I, I really, you know, 
love them for caring for me and it was coming from care but what they said is is that this is not freedom you're not you know you're kind of like chained by this challenge you you don't get to do what you want to do in the moment and i said no man this is actually what freedom is the freedom is is not doing whatever you want whenever you want it freedom is being able to do what you need to do when you need to do it and it was this shocking moment <laughs> one of the biggest things that i realized from 75 part it's actually so true freedom is not following whatever comes your way freedom is being able to follow what you need to follow what you promise yourself to follow so it's it's very counterintuitive people are really confused about this concept of freedom so that was a huge hit for me wow i i have goosebumps just hearing this and <laughs> i think you how did it feel to say this to uh to friends friends who are just enjoying the party there uh because I can sense that there was that, that weird sense of accomplishment in yourself and that you felt sort of proud, right? I, I did feel proud, man. And, and you know what? It struck, struck me to get my other work done that night. And I was, you know, really productive that day because it, it's you do one thing and it's domino effect. You keep doing other stuff, right? But how it felt was like I didn't feel shame. Like before, when I, when I would have to leave, for my own personal thing from a party, I would feel like guilt, like, oh man, I'm leaving my friends, especially when I was one of the hosts. And by the way, I was one of the hosts. I wasn't even a guest. So it was kind of more weird to leave. But yeah. I felt accomplished. I felt proud of myself. And you know, that inspires another action and another action. And day by day, you just feel like how you're improving and becoming mm -hmm. a much stronger, much more disciplined person. And one more thing I'll add is that from this book that I'm reading, Elon Musk, I see that this dude that we all aspire to be like, most of us, what he has, this ability is that, like, it's not just the passion that drives him. What has got him to where he got is, is his ability to show up even in the shittiest days. He, he has so many shitty days. He had, like, rockets explode. He had, like, his cars being broken and everything. He shows up every single day and he's strong every day. And that's what sets him apart, not just his intellect or talent which is what most people think. It's his ability to show up when he needs to show up. So this, this challenge is, you know, is what was getting me there as well. <laughs> and it almost sounds like stupidly simple, like these rules, rules we set um, now, or which are in the 75 hard, but that's the thing. It doesn't have to be super difficult, like on a day-to-day -day level, but what makes it difficult is that you need to do it 75 days in a row Exactly. Uh, without any excuse, you you cannot transform this program to your liking. It's it's yeah. just set. Uh, exactly. There's no coach who'd be like checking on you if you're doing it because at the end of the day, you know whether you did it or not. Your coach wouldn't even know if you took that piece of chocolate, which would mean right. that you need to start from day one. So it will build your integrity, and I think. Shit, this is like really interesting and juicy part. Uh, we, we could continue about this forever. Uh, but since we are running out of time, Sardor, where can people learn more about you? Where can people find you uh, if they want to get in touch with you or maybe if they want to join us on 75 Hard? Yep, definitely do. And uh, you guys can find me on any social media. I'm everywhere. Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. By my first and last name, Sardor Akhmedov. My Instagram handle is my last name, A-K-H. Medov.co.co, which is also my website where you can also reach out to me. 
yeah, these are my handles. Uh, find me everywhere. I have the same handle actually everywhere on Twitter as well. So yeah, really excited. Sardor, thanks a lot. This was, this was amazing talk. Thank you so much, Jacob, for having me. It was very informative and I got pumped. <laughs> <laughs> and guys, if you like this episode, please share it with your friends. Uh, if you're listening to it on Spotify or on Apple iTunes or Apple Podcasts, which is, they renamed it, please leave a review. It would mean a world to me. Uh, I don't actually run any ads except our products, in <laughs> except <laughs> our products in, in today's episode. And if you're watching this on YouTube, hit the like button, hit subscribe, and please leave a comment about what you liked about this episode. And that's pretty much it for now. Thanks a lot, everybody, for joining Sardo. Thanks a lot for coming to this show. And everybody, till next time.